0: Hello and welcome to Energy Unplugged by Aurora. This podcast features various experts from Aurora having in depth conversations with key industry leaders, policymakers, and academics from all over the world. It explores the hottest topics across the energy market and gives a unique perspective on major energy issues. Welcome to Energy Unplugged. I'm Hugo Batten, Managing Director of Aurora across APAC. We're delighted to be joined today by Naoaki Nick Aguchi. He is a partner at Baker McKenzie and co-head of the firm's Renewable and Clean Energy Group in Tokyo. Nick focuses his practice on project finance and renewable energy, solar, wind, biomass, geothermal and hydroelectric. He's worked on a lot of the major transactions that have occurred in Japan, as well as authoring academic articles, most recently as a co-author of the Offshore Wind Finance Guidebook. Nick, welcome to Energy Unplugged today.
1: Uh, Thank you, Hugo. Um, Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: We're also joined today by Hayato Ono, Aurora's Head of Advisory in Japan. Hayato, thanks for being here too. Thanks for having me. Nick, let's dive right in then. So for those listeners who aren't based in Japan, it it is important context that Japan's electricity market is changing rapidly. Um, We're going to step through some of these changes. And and I, I know that's kind of a big question to describe what's going on. So we might break it down into a few categories. If we could start with market design and policy, again, a huge amount happening here. Most notably, the change from free feed-in tariffs to premiums, low-carbon 20-year auctions or, or subsidies, and the introduction uh, of carbon pricing potentially over time. Can you just give our audience a high-level sense of, of the big major changes that are sweeping Japan's electricity system?
1: Yeah, thank you very much. It, it's a good uh, intro. Uh, I think um, we are in the middle of a big change. And uh, um go back to uh 2012 we started uh feeding pre feeding tariff uh the solar power uh tariff was uh, 40 it, it was very high tariff uh which attracted uh japanese and overseas investors uh, and uh, we have uh, more than ten, 10 years um passed and uh, we have uh, more than 70, 70 gigawatt solar in operation I- in Japan. It's mm-hmm. an amazing volume in the last 10, ten years, uh, but be- because of the, uh, the high tariff driver uh, to uh, solicit investment from uh, Japani- Japanese investors and uh, overseas investors. Uh, and uh, overseas investors and Japanese investors, especially for uh, early uh, investors, made a huge profit. So mm. I saw a very uh, happy uh, investors' faces um, during the um the the sales of the uh, secondary uh, sales transactions mm. but but we are in the middle of the uh, carbon uh, zero um, target by 2050. And the Japanese government, the the 2030 target is a double of the solar power and five times more of the of uh, wind power. Wind power currently is only about uh, six gigawatt, but uh, we need to make it five times more by 2030. That is a government very high target to meet. Uh, the uh, carbon neutral by 2050. So yeah we are in middle of the uh, transforming to a carbon neutral society.
0: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And, and I, th- you know, you, you touched on that generation mix I think the rise of renewables are probably the biggest part of that story. But again, just for our listeners who aren't in Japan, you know, Japan has... Obviously, thermal resources, but the Fukushima shock was enormous as well. So a big nuclear fleet essentially shut down overnight and in the process of restarting. Aside from the very aggressive renewable growth targets, could you just give a bit of context for our listeners as to what's happening to the other types of assets on the Japanese system?
1: Sure, sure. The nuclear uh, has restarted some of the um, uh, plants. But uh, the Japanese people are very cautious uh, about the uh, nuclear. So that, uh, the process is very uh, slow uh, and uh, very um, uh, time-consuming process to check the security mm. uh, and the reliabilities. And uh, so it will take um, certain time uh, for a restart of the nuclear power. Mm. Uh, and of course... Um, uh, other resources, um, the biomass and uh, small hydro uh, and um, geothermal, uh, also are uh, very important. Uh, uh, the generation uh, type, uh, especially for uh, geothermal, uh, we have a uh, huge resources of geothermal in Japan, uh, but um, because of the, uh, the the national park uh, restriction. It's not easy eh, to develop the geothermal in a large scale, so uh, government is uh, gradually uh, deregulating uh, the the restriction, but the speed is uh, uh, unfortunately uh, very slow.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and you mentioned about the uh, the twenty year uh, long term decarbonization. Uh, the support, uh, which will uh, start uh, next year, uh, probably in January, and the registration will start uh, this autumn. At the moment, uh, government is checking the public comment uh, collected uh, uh, this um, uh, August, uh, and probably uh, in uh, uh, September, we will have a result of the uh, public comment on, on the draft of the uh, auction system. So we will have a clear picture in September and the registration will start in September or Oct- October. And actual auction submission will be in, in early 2024. Uh, the uh, renewable power uh, and the transition uh, coal fire uh, power uh, and also batteries, are. Uh, Uh, eligible for uh, the long-term decarbonisation in our facilities.
0: Yeah, and and we'll certainly touch on batteries uh, in a little bit. I know Hayato's got a couple of questions there. I mean, you talked there about both domestic Japanese players and overseas players taking advantage of some fairly generous feed-in tariffs. The, the Japanese kind of vertically integrated utilities are still playing an enormous role in the market, obviously, but have been buffeted. I think it's safe to say by some of the changes to the market, introducing increased competition, and also some of the wholesale market volatility we've seen. Could you just describe like how the players are changing in the market? I presume, like us, you're working with as many Western renewable developers as you are big domestic. Japanese utilities and and developers?
1: Yes. uh, Japanese uh, big utilities, uh, uh, electricity and gas power Mm. uh, are also uh, jumping in uh, the renewable market and uh, they are uh, developing uh, their own uh, renewable generation uh, uh, resources. Uh, And uh, uh, Because we started at the 40 yen feeding tariff, the burden for uh, each user of electricity is getting higher. I Mm. pay myself $10 per month to support the feeding tariff system. Uh, And uh, the third charge is getting higher and higher. So that's why uh, Japanese government uh, shifting from uh, feeding tariff to uh, feeding premium. Uh, system to implement the market driven uh, the support uh, mechanism and the feeding premium uh, situation uh, the the generation company sells the power to the market uh, which is um, fluctuating uh, 30 minutes by 30 minutes but uh, the premium support uh, is Provided to mm. uh, have a um, the stable or cash flow. But uh, it is a market driven. So if um, the market price is uh, ha- uh, low, uh, then the, the generation company may store uh, the power in a battery and sell mm. it, it at a higher price uh, uh, period. So that is uh, the the government, uh, the initiation to to change from uh, feeding tariff to feeding premium uh, okay. uh, system, it's ongoing at the moment, and some of the the feeding tariff players apply to the change to the feeding premium uh, situation. So we are helping uh, their change.
0: Yeah. And and I mean some of our overseas listeners, I think, and I'm no expert on some of these European markets, but Spain and others have seen similar transitions from very generous feed and treat tariffs to other systems and and the erosion of some of those rents as a result. So we've talked a little bit about market design and policy, the generation mix and then the types of players in the market. I think the other thing that's probably worth flagging up front to people who aren't experts in the Japanese market. It's just some of the big long-term bets from the Japanese government, both to ensure security of supply and to decarbonize. And we'll get to some of the challenges in Japan, but it, it genuinely has very real physical constraints, relatively less land, quite a steep coastline, which makes off- fixed-bottom offshore wind harder. Uh, it has to import all its gas and, and uh, coal, uh, it had to close down its nuclear fleet basically all at once. So very real challenges. And energy security is is front of mind as a kind of policy issue for all Japanese governments. And so correspondingly, they are making some big bets. In my mind, it's particularly offshore wind and some aggressive targets there, hydrogen and ammonia. And I, I think you know we we can get to that, but also transmission build out so trying mm-hmm. to get better levels of interconnection between the the um, nine or ten regions Could you just talk a little bit about those long-term bets and and your thoughts and maybe starting with offshore wind because I know that's your you know one of your areas of expertise
1: Sure sure yeah uh, as you correctly pointed out um, energy security is a very big issue after the Ukraine um, invasion. Mm-hmm. So it's a very serious uh, issue for Japan. We are depending on uh, import of the um, the fossil fuel um, energy. Uh, so we need to uh, transform to um, uh, energy independent society. So that is a government, the big driver uh, to promote the offshore wind uh, in Japan. And we have a round one auction uh, closed and uh, Mitsubishi Corporation uh, uh, obtained all three uh, zones, which was uh, about 1.7 gigawatt. And uh, uh, round two auction was closed uh, this July, and Mm -hmm. uh, we will have uh, the result uh, in December. Or uh, if the port, the overlap happens, then uh, March, uh, maybe uh, uh, the result will come up. So or clients are waiting for um, outcome of the uh, round two uh, auction. But the government uh, target is an annual auction uh, for offshore wind. So round three uh, auction uh, will start this um Autumn, so uh, it's an annual event for um, every every year. And the government target uh, for offshore wind is uh, ten gigawatt by twenty thirty, and thirty to forty five uh, gigawatt by I uh, twenty forty. So it's a huge uh, target for a Japanese. Uh, government to meet the energy independence uh, Mm. um, in in the long run.
0: And and the team's deeper than I'm on this, but my understanding is at least a decent portion of that will have to be floating as well because they just aren't necessarily sufficient sites with the right transmission configurations to make that all fixed bottom. And, And those are very aggressive targets as well.
1: Sure, sure. Yes, uh, you're right. Uh, the Japanese Japanese sea is different from uh, North Sea in Europe. Mm. Uh, and uh, we have a steep um, decline of the coastal, the seabed. So um, the floating offshore uh, is very important. And the government is currently discussing about the EEZ, um, the new registration. At the moment, current uh, offshore wind auction within uh, uh, Japanese territory, uh, which is uh, 12 uh, nautical miles, uh, which is 22 kilometers from the coastline. Uh, but uh, if we have a uh, EEZ um, exclusive economic zone uh, territory, then uh, we can have a uh, the huge amount of uh, the uh, floating ocean wind uh, um, zones um, outside of the territorial uh, area. So uh, hopefully uh, the next uh, diet in uh, January they may discuss uh, the new registration of um uh, the uh, leasing arrangement. Terrific, and then the
0: other one, and you know, feel free to um, say if it if it's not front of mind for your thinking at the moment. But Opto has put out um, reasonably aggressive plans to augment transmission.
1: Um, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> Japanese market. Right, You know, Japan has, a, I think, a lot of the same issues as all markets in that it's challenging to build transmission for supply chain, social license and other issues. I mean, I suppose are you optimistic that Octo's those plans will be delivered on,
1: on time, or do you see challenges there? Yes, uh, thank you. It's a very important point. Uh, because we have a lot of solar uh, in operation, so mm. car tournaments uh, have started in, in Kyushu area, And it's already spread to the other areas, except for a typical area, Tokyo area. Mm. So the grid um, improvement is very important. And the government uh, now um, uh, plans to have a a direct current, high voltage uh, direct current from Hokkaido to Tokyo uh, Mm. by 2030 this is uh the prime minister's um direction to achieve uh, this um implementation of course uh, it it's um it takes time but um, uh, it's already we have a uh, uh, cost analysis and uh, fundamental planning will start uh soon uh, to meet uh, the prime minister's uh direction mm. so or oh, if it is um, developed, uh, the direct current uh, high voltage line from Hokkaido to uh, Kanto area, uh, it will improve a lot um, because in the Hokkaido area, a uh, lots of uh, suitable uh, offshore wind uh, mm-hmm. area uh, in in Hokkaido, uh, and we can Hokkaido can be a battery of Japan. Um, mm. For <laughs> in
0: long Yeah, interesting. I mean, like a lot of markets, and again, for our listeners who maybe aren't so familiar with Japanese geography, Kyushu is the further system south, and Hokkaido is the further system north, and the, the kind of relative ends of the archipelago. And as are the areas that are both seeing and likely to see moving forward uh, curtailment from excess renewables if the grid's not reinforced. So you know very similar to markets like australia where it's the the ends of australia that saw negative pricing or curtailment earliest mm-hmm. and you know hopefully that helps make the economic case for additional transmission and, and as i said the plan apparently under the octo guidelines is to have additional reinforced lines by by 2028 but again as we said i'm sure japan's seeing the same challenges in transmission build out as a lot of other markets
1: yeah, so especially under sea cable, uh, technical wise it's possible, but uh, we have a uh, lot of uh, discussion. Uh, we need to have a discussion with a stakeholder like um, mm. the fishermen, uh, so uh, it takes uh, time. But uh, uh, it's a prime minister's pledge, so uh, we hope uh, it will uh, happen uh, as planned. And in uh, the meantime, I think a battery can help uh, the stability of the grid situation. Um, at the moment, uh, the massive battery uh, projects are coming into Japanese market. Uh, and in the Hokkaido area, uh, about 2.5 gigawatt application has already made. And the Kyushu area also are 2.4 gigawatt. Uh, application is made. Uh, and uh, we actually are actually helping uh, clients, uh, for example, 50 megawatt uh, battery in, in Hokkaido area. Uh, and uh, the Ministry of um, um, Trade and um, Economy uh, provide the subsidy uh, to um, uh, Ministry of economy and trade provide a subsidy uh to uh, battery players uh up to uh, uh 20 uh, um it's about uh, 25 uh, 20 million US dollar uh subsidy uh, for the battery players and also a long-term uh decarbonization um The support will also cover uh, the standalone, the grid side, battery projects. So we expect the huge investment in in, uh, battery space uh, while uh, constructing um, the grid line by 2030. And also uh, lots of overseas batteries players uh, coming to Japan. So which is very uh, helpful because they have uh, Uh, experience and the transaction uh, in overseas and they are implementing their know-how into a Japanese market, uh, which is very good to have a stabilizing Japanese grid system.
2: Uh, Thank you, Nick, for uh, cutting offshore wind development and also uh, battery build-up. Actually, Oro has been doing quite a lot of work on the economics of batteries uh, in Japan and overseas. And uh, I know that uh, you guys have been working on uh, utility scale battery projects. We're actually relatively bullish in battery build on Japan. So uh, for 2035, our forecast is roughly around 13 gigawatt capacity. Uh, this would be driven by uh, what you touched on the emit the subsidies through the long term decarbonization auctions, also um, capacity to market payments, opportunities in wholesale, and also the upcoming balancing markets. So um, uh, may I ask, um, do you also feel similarly bullish on uh, batteries in Japan?
1: Uh sure, sure. Um, I think um, um, battery is very important. And uh, luckily, the battery price is coming down uh, and mm. uh, it, it's econo- becoming economical uh, to have a battery in place. And the Japanese government are uh, deregulating uh, the battery uh, regulation. Uh, and uh, now the 10 megawatt or more battery is uh, regarded as uh, a power station, uh, and uh, it's in uh, um, the uh, have situation uh, the place in, in the legal system, uh, and uh, uh, some of the uh, um, regulation of the fire uh, regulation and uh, um, so that, that the battery can be uh, installed is uh, is easily so uh, and also um uh the solar power plus battery or, or the wind power plus battery uh also uh, coming uh, uh, in the market so uh, in a feeding premium uh, situation, uh, it makes sense to have a battery aside from, uh, aside to uh, the solar power or wind power uh, station uh, to maximize its uh, price uh, of the yeah, market price.
2: So um, actually we talked
1: on batteries as well as, well
2: as offshore wind, but... Uh... In general for renewable deployment in Japan, what would you say are the biggest roadblocks right? So a couple of the uh, I think we also touched on the you know grid upgrades or lack thereof, uh, government support, uh, supply chain issues. Um, Japan does have land constraints and also uh, recently we've seen a lot of local opposition uh, for example, in Tohoku, there's been a new tax proposal against um, you know onshore wind. so uh, what would you say are roadblocks in Japan for renewables?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the, the most important thing is a local uh, acceptance. Um, unfortunately, um, some uh, miscommunication happened uh, and uh, the local people opposed to um, the solar power and wind power uh, development. So we advise to the clients to have uh, early communication with the uh, local uh, stakeholders uh to explain uh and take into account uh their concern uh for uh development of the wind power and solar power um, projects uh and um, uh, I'm thinking about uh, some uh, uh win-win uh structure uh such as um some investment through a non voting shares or or uh, the silent partner. Uh, investment by local stakeholders without uh voting uh, system. Uh, I mean, uh, if the, the generation, uh, if you have a higher generation, then uh, local people may get some uh, uh, return uh, from the project, uh, which is already implemented in uh, Denmark and uh, Germany. Uh, so... Um, I'm wondering why um, the investor think about the new structure uh, for um, uh, some uh, return to our local stakeholders. Uh, unfortunately, there are some bad bad players uh, in a small scale solar projects. Mm-hmm. They are uh, destroying the market, uh, uh, and unfortunately. Um, they are losing uh the trust by the local community so i i think METI are now um uh monitoring uh, uh on the bad players and the canceling uh their uh the i d so that is also important to uh, have a the um certain certain monitoring uh by the authority to mm. uh, have a uh, the better uh, performance uh, by by the the developers.
2: Yes, I mean Japan has seen uh, quite a lot of roadblocks and challenges, but uh, uh, you know, so far, uh, I've been impressed by uh, how much renewable has been deployed in Japan, and I'm quite bullish, uh, you know, in, in going forward in terms of not just renewables but also batteries. Uh, I do want to touch on hydrogen, ammonia as well. So the Japanese government. Does have um, quite a comprehensive strategy on hydrogen and ammonia. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, like, how do you how do you um, how do you feel about the government strategy in place today? Uh, I, I believe they have a great focus on green hydrogen ammonia being uh, imported from around the world. So uh,
1: just would like to uh, you know get your thoughts on that. Sure, sure. Uh, the Japanese energy mix. Uh, is one percent uh by twenty thirty uh hydrogen and ammonia uh which is uh, I think it's a bit uh, low target I, I hope it will be much more uh but the energy mix will be revised uh ne- next year uh so uh Um, So we will see uh, the new uh, energy mix uh, target uh, taking into account the current uh, situation after the Ukraine uh, uh, situation. So uh, I hope the much higher uh, target of the uh, um, um, hydrogen and ammonia um, uh, in the next uh, energy mix plan uh and uh, it's true uh it's uh the price is higher in green high ammonia and green hydrogen and ammonia in japan so the current uh uh plan is to have uh, the green hydrogen or green ammonia in australia or other uh, places uh, and import uh, those into japan but, but i think in the long run uh, if we have uh, the Hokkaido North uh, uh, Island uh, uh, floating offshore uh, projects, then uh, we can produce uh, green uh, hydrogen and green ammonia within Japan. So that will be uh, the long-term uh, goal, I think.
0: Nick, that, that's what I was about to say, because I, I think the hydrogen story Japan is going to be at least part driven by economics, obviously, and, and cost reductions. But my understanding at the top levels of Japanese policymaking is that the, the, the focus will be on diversity, some domestic production, whether that's in Hokkaido or other parts of the country, and then a diversified set of international suppliers to avoid the dynamic that's played out in gas markets where the Japan economy is, you know, dependent on relatively few suppliers and buffeted by Kind of pretty extreme cost volatility is that a fair summation do you think of the overarching kind of geopolitics and policy of
1: this yes yeah the diversifying the resources is a very important to have a uh, security and so of course uh in initial stage i i think the cost wise uh the importing from green hydrogen and ammonia from overseas uh from friendly countries is um ideal uh scenario uh, and i think Japanese government uh are, uh helping uh, subsidizing that initiatives and actually uh some uh, the shipping from australia to japan on uh, uh, the green hydrogen is uh, uh, tested uh and uh, the the next phase is just uh, scaling up um the the size of the um the the hydrogen. Uh, and uh, it, it's a chicken and egg issue, but uh, yeah. of course we, we need to increase the, the use of the hydrogen in a, in a Japanese market. And especially in the steel uh, or cement or, or that heavy uh, fossil fuel users uh, need to transform from um, the fossil fuel to um, hydrogen. And that is also uh, um, the the, uh, Green Innovation Fund uh, support uh, for the Japanese government.
2: So uh, yeah, hydrogen ammonia space, uh, it seems there are a lot of exciting things happening uh, here. And also the new strategic energy plan, hopefully coming out next year. I think that will be uh, quite interesting from uh, not just hydrogen ammonia perspective, but also renewables in general. Uh, just one more thing from my side. Um, just in Japan, um, what would you say are business models you see as being particularly successful? And also on the flip side, uh, recently we have seen a number of bankruptcies, consolidation of smaller new retailers. So um, do you think uh, that business model of deregulating the uh, power market in Japan for uh, end users has up and maybe perhaps? Uh, uh, net negative for uh, consumers.
1: Yeah, still uh, in the middle of the um, the change, and um, unfortunately, uh, because of the uh, the LNG volatile uh, price uh, situation, we had uh, the the F Power uh, bankruptcy. Uh, it, it was a surprise and uh, 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 unfortunate uh, uh, event. So. Stabilizing uh, the power market uh, is very important uh, and uh, the volume of the transaction must be I- increased uh, um, and um, the, the, the power market uh, expansion and the st- stabilization uh, is a very important uh, agenda uh, for Japan.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you say, it, it's always hard to judge the ex- success or otherwise of these big privatization deregulation exercises because it's very hard to identify the counterfactual. But it also, there's so many things happening simultaneously that that you know, where does where does the blame lie? Um, but it certainly seems like it's been a tough couple of years for the big Japanese utilities. At the same time, you know, they they have big retail books and they're relatively well-placed moving forward, arguably, to, to build out big green portfolios. So I think the dynamics in Japan will be particularly interesting.
1: Yeah, um, it's a try and error exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and it's important to try uh, and fix it if it is um, uh, uh, it doesn't work Uh so uh, it's a very interesting. Um, Japan is used to be a very uh, conservative uh, country, mm. uh, but now uh, it's changing and trying testing uh, new stuff. Uh, and overseas players uh, help us uh, a lot about uh, implementing overseas know-how uh, into the mm. Japanese power market. Uh, we see a uh, lots of. Um, uh, market players uh, coming into Japan to have uh, the battery uh, operation or market uh, mm-hmm. buy and sell uh, know-how. It's very interesting uh, period.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all, all the big, sophisticated European renewable developers seem to be entering Japan, the Allsteads, the Abadrollers, uh, Baywars, et cetera, but also the smaller battery developers, the Acacias, the Amps, and and a couple of others like that. So it is a a really interesting and and increasingly diverse set of players on on the generation side. Nick, you've been extremely generous with your time. So perhaps one last question from the Aurora side. Um, Who do you read to or listen to in the Japanese energy space that is always good and thought-provoking and relevant to your work in the private sector,
1: is is there anyone that, that springs to mind? Oh, sure, sure. Um, there, there are several uh, industry organisations uh, in a renewable space, like uh, Japan Wind Power Association uh, and uh, Renewable Energy Association for Sustainable Power Supply, which is a very long name, so we call <laughs> it REASP. Uh, um uh those uh, industry association is a source of um, the information
2: yeah. so if
1: you uh join uh, those uh, industry association uh you can uh, gather lots of uh, important uh and up to date um uh information and uh, uh especially uh, i i would recommend uh the uh Mr. Kato of the Energy um su- uh, supply uh planning uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh Mr. Kato is an ex typical uh yep. guy and he is uh a well um known figure uh in the energy market. So uh he has um every two months uh presentation at the RIASP uh, gathering and which uh, the r- last Monday was uh, the, he we had uh, his presentation so we can catch up uh, up to date uh, information from Mr. Kato's uh, presentation. It's called Energy System Planning ESP.
0: ESP. That, that's a great list. And there's certainly more, it seems, attention in the academic community on Japan as well. I know the Berkeley group just put out a a good paper on uh, forecasting Japan's energy mix. We wrote a research note comparing our analysis to there, and I think there are some interesting points of difference and and similarities. So, yeah, more academic work in this space as well.
1: Academic is very important to Mm. have uh, the basis for a change, yeah.
0: Nick, you've been extremely generous with your time. I know how busy you are as a real nexus in the Japanese energy market. Thank you enormously, uh,
1: and we look forward to speaking soon. Sure, sure. Thank you very much for this opportunity, and uh, we welcome the overseas investors into the Japanese exciting energy market. Thank you. And overseas
0: market modelers as well, I hope. Hey, Ardo, thanks for your time too. Thank you. That was Hugo Batten, Aurora's managing director for APAC, talking to Neo Aguchi, partner at Baker McKenzie and co-head of the firm's Renewable and Clean Energy Group in Tokyo, and Hayato Ono, Aurora's head of advisory in Japan. Do keep an eye on our podcast feed for more in-depth conversations with senior members of the energy industry. The best way to do this is to subscribe on whatever platform you use. Thanks for listening and goodbye.